You're listening to the Opening Statements Podcast, brought to you by HyperChat Social, the podcast bringing you real lawyers and their real stories. I'm Laura. I'm Rebecca. And this week, our guest is Jim Paisley, a top 100 national trial lawyer. He has tried over 100 jury trials, one of Georgia's super lawyers, a graduate from Florida State University, and he is the author of The Injury Case Playbook, A Start to Finish. Awesome. And so today, his most prestigious honor, he joins the Opening Statements podcast. Court Woo! is now in session. Welcome to the show. Thanks, ladies. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Thanks for being here. So just to get us started and learn a little bit about you, um, why do you do what you do? What is it that you do? Okay. So personal injury lawyers, we're a dime a dozen, right? You see our billboards mm. everywhere. So that's what I do. I help people who've been hurt. Mm-hmm. To say it easily, you know, so why do I do that? I would say I've done so many things in the law. I think over the last 16 years I've been a lawyer that um, this is just what sort of fits me the most. You know, um, people like, why do you like it? And I'm like, it's it's pretty, I don't know. For me, I was talking to an attorney. No, I was actually listening to a story of a trial that he was talking about. and he And he made this statement. He said, all of us, you have to realize we're immersing ourselves in people's trauma every mm-hmm. single day. And it's like, so all of us, we need to be in therapy. And so I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and I was like, yeah, well, there, but there is something therapeutic about helping people in that whole lifestyle of like, this is, this is just what I do. So that's what I love about it the most. You know, yeah. people are like, yes, you're an ambulance chaser. And I'm like, I don't really think of it like that. You know, I think about it like you, you take somebody that's been in this terrible situation and you're the person they invite sort of into their living room um, to sort of help start building and putting things back together. And that's, yeah. So that's why I love it. Yeah. Okay. But um, that's not maybe why I started because I sort of fell into it. Oh. Yeah. How, did you, yeah, how did you fall? Well. Did you slip and fall? Okay, yeah, so like sort of going back in time, so it's probably 2012, 2013, um, I had a guy sort of hobble into my office, literally. You know, it's sort of something out of like Better Call Saul, right? So a guy comes (laughs) into my office, and he's got a speeding ticket. I used to handle like 600 traffic tickets a year, okay? So I was, there's 45 Metro Atlanta traffic ticket jurisdictions, right? So there's 45 different courthouses you can go to. You know, people says, I was in Atlanta, I got a ticket. I'm like... Well, which court is it? They're like, I don't know. It was in Atlanta. I'm like, well, that it's in Atlanta. That's 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 a wide. Wow, yeah, that. that's a huge. I just effort. assumed you were, and you can't go to any one of them. It and has figure to be. it out. No, there's no. It's it's very decentralized. Oh. Yeah, there's no. I mean, the state of Florida is 20 years ahead as far as traffic tickets go. There's one well, website you can go to. Yeah. Anyway, you should. So, know. Um, <laughs> but this kid comes into my office with a ticket for his girlfriend. His girlfriend is 16 years old. She has a, a nasty traffic ticket. And he's like, look, everyone says she's screwed and you know she needs her license and she has to drive to work and she supports a family. Can you help her out? I was like, yeah, I can. Um, she's going to do this. She's going to take this class and then they're going to dismiss her ticket and it's going to go away. It's going to disappear. And he thinks I'm like this magician. Yeah. And so he's like, dude, Mr. Paisley, thank you so much. Then um, he gets up to hobble out, you know, and I'm like, why are you walking like that and and he's like well he's like no it's fine I'm, I'm recovering pretty well I was in my best friend's car and we hit an oak tree in the middle of a field um, after he ran a stop sign and so 
I was like, you know what? I feel like there's something that should be done here, you know? And mm-hmm. I never handled injury law, but I just went to an injury lawyer conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I met a couple lawyers and, you know, oh my gosh, you know, when, when, when you don't do injury law and you go to an injury lawyer conference, it's like, you know, it's like going to prison. You, you're going to become someone's bitch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're going to... They're going to find out, like, uh, oh, yeah, who are you referring your cases to? Oh, you do criminal. Who are you sending your cases to? You know? Right. Uh, Who, who's your man? Who's your guy? Who's you're the your shiny new yeah. object. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I was a popular guy there for a little while. So anyway, I called, like, the guy who I think bought me the most beers at the last conference, right? So <laughs> it goes a up. long way. It does. No, and he's a great lawyer. Tony Kalka, out of, very excellent trial lawyer. So I called Tony. I was like, look, I think I got this case, you know, fractured femur, um, surgical case. Um, I didn't have all the buzzwords that we now that I now think of that mean, you know, your case is worth a lot of money. Yeah. And so that was and he's less like, yeah, we got to get them in right now and sign this case up. And so I talked to my client was Ryan. Um, he says, don't worry, the insurance company's taking care of it. And I'm like, bullshit. That's not true. Red flag. So, right, right, yeah. It's like, I know that's not true. So we got his mom got him in there and then they were like wow this is an answer answer to prayer thank you guys so much for just taking they had so much paperwork and they were getting collection calls and all this lean paperwork they didn't know what to do with any of it they didn't know what they had to pay back or what they they didn't have to and so tony was just like let me see all your insurance so he's like you actually don't have twenty five thousand in coverage of uninsured money you actually have 125,000 because it's state farm coverage it all stacks on top of each other and I was like wow maybe that's the stuff you learn when you know what you're doing yeah and so I did promise myself it's like if I ever learned how to do this mm-hmm. this personal injury stuff I would write a book about it step by step on how to do these cases and so um we go into that later I did write that book last year anyway <laughs> <laughs> um, shameless plug shameless plug right um so uh, that that was my first injury case, and it settled well. We got the max on it that we possibly could. Um, that same kid referred me a case just a month ago. Oh, really? Yes. And he called my office, and I could hear it on speakerphone talking to my paralegal. He says, yeah, I'm looking for Jim. <laughs> my paralegal, he's like, okay, yeah, thanks. I'm like, where? <laughs> well, who's Who calling? He's like, um, and I said, yeah, um, well, uh, he said, I'll, I'll know exactly um, who that is. And they, I was right. I could hear it. I'm like, put him through, put him through. Yeah. So we caught up. I'd been, it had been eight years since I'd spoken to Ryan. And so, yeah. Amazing. That's awesome. If you weren't doing law, what do you think you'd be doing? Wow. I've, you know, I've never thought of that. I think, you know, I do have a side hustle in real estate, so I feel like it'd be something mm-hmm. real estate related. Yeah. You know, my wife and I, we tend to buy and sell a house or two a year. You oh, know? really? So whether it's like a rental property or something like that, that's something that would be, but how I could incorporate that with my desire to like serve people and stuff mm-hmm. like that, I don't know, you know, yeah. but as far as if I won the lottery, if I won a billion dollars today, would I still practice? Absolutely. Really? hundred percent. That's yeah. awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, what was your first case like? You mean the that first one I did? In general for law period. Oh, my gosh. Okay, my first – I'm going to go back to my public defender days to where I had not even technically graduated law school. So in Florida, oh. they have something called the Certified Legal Intern thing. Okay. So, 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 so it's like your learner's permit for, for – For attorneys? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm, and that's what the public defenders are. Supervisor in the car with you. I have been, I've been. They gave they gave me a stack of like twenty cases. These are people 
you know, public defender clients with their life on the line. Yeah. And they and they give this to this guy who's just like they not even graduated intern. law school. Yeah. I mean, I've read a lot of case law, but I've never been in a courtroom or anything like that. And so I remember, I don't remember the guy's name for the life of me, but um, I just noticed when I read through the police report that it seemed like, you know, this was a felony drug case, okay? Mm-hmm. And he was looking at a lot of time because there was a lot of drugs in his car. You like know, how much? And like, what kind? Were ecstasy, cocaine. I mean, it's oh, Florida. Yeah. It could be anything. anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I said, "Look, I think we have some Fourth Amendment issues here." So and that's you know. I was like, "What's the Fourth Amendment?" I, it's okay. Search and seizure. Okay. You know, you know unlawful detention, things like that. Mm, Driving mm. while black. Yeah, there, there you go. It's that, yeah. that's in, on the streets. That's what they call it. So, okay. And that's what this guy was stopped for. He's they should been, come up with a different name for that, right? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, I, I, I think. Well, that's sort of the street term for it. So I don't, I don't know that you yeah. can. But no. um, this guy was turning around in a Waffle House, and then um, which there's no traffic violation. I knew that. Yeah. Right? If you if you just and it was after hours, so it was eleven thirty at night. So. He's turning around, and then and the officer says that's suspicious behavior. And so um, found plenty of case law that says just merely turning around with without taking sort of headlong flight and, you know, fleeing a scene, mm-hmm. that ev- overly evasive behavior is not enough to constitute probable cause for a stop. So something like that. And I'm fuzzy on the case law, so if any criminal folks listening right now, it's been a while, so I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but no, um, so I found that case law. And so this guy was looking at a few years in prison. Um, and then my sort of mentor, who is, um, it's funny, he was my mentor down in Orlando. That's where I practiced. Um, it turns out when I moved to Atlanta, he actually lived right down the street from me. And so he worked for the public defender's house, uh, office up here. So that's anyway, I know, crazy, small world. But um, anyway, Eddie said, you know what, that's great. I feel like you've done a great research job here. Why don't you go argue that in court? And so this is like my first case I've ever had. And the judge is, here's both sides. Here's the prosecution. He's made. So it's like, you know what? I am going to grant defendant's motion to suppress this evidence. Um, state, do you have anything you want to say? Are you going to appeal this? Whatever. He's like, no. We announced a no pros. So case dismissed. That was my first case. What? Yeah. Wow. Really? Wow. Then they gave you your driver's license after that. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, bar exam, all that stuff. But yeah. I mean, it was, a, it, was kind of, it was kind of a softball, but that's yeah. what it is. You look at the facts and you spot yeah. legal issues and yeah. then you go research. There's a body of law and see, does it apply? So, yeah. Wow. That's interesting. So we've got public defender. Yep. Criminal. Personal right. injury. Traffic. I mean, I guess I don't know. Okay, so I went from the public defender's office, and then I walked across the courtyard, and then I was a prosecutor. Oh, tell us about that. That's exciting. Everyone says that. I'm like, no, being a prosecutor is not exciting at all. No? No? Oh. Well, I tell you what. It's it's a bitter job is what it is. Yeah. So I thought I would like it more because with my compassion that I felt like I learned as a public defender, I would get into as a prosecutor, and I would be more understanding, and my sense of justice, I would be sort of better at it, mm-hmm. sort of just parsing through that. But when you become a prosecutor, I think you learn that, I don't know, there's only so much you can look at the world and see, like, evil being done before yeah. you start to sort of believe that everybody's inherently evil. You yeah. know, and I looked around the office, and I could see people that had been there 15, 20 years, and they were just weathered. Yeah, they were beaten down. Beaten down. They were bitter, angry. There was just not a lot of happiness. In oh. yeah. Wow. yeah. And you would almost think it would be like, 
the opposite from like our point of view like you know you're defending the the victims you know like like in that case but you would think right? I, you would think you know but i can't imagine i wouldn't be good at handling the evil side can we just but, like get along? <laughs> Can we all just be kind? Like, why do we have to kill each other? Peace and love. Right. Well, it's not all... I, I always felt like jail was a place for people that hurt people. You know, if mm-hmm. you hurt people, you get treated like a bad dog. You get thrown in, like, somewhere, and you can't you can't be in society if you hurt people. So people that would steal a lot of stuff or people that would, you know, um, hurt people, well, physically yeah. hurt people, kill people, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a lot, you know, I was... I don't know, maybe I was a little before my time as a prosecutor as far as this drug movement of mm-hmm. you know, the war on drugs, just not thinking this really made sense. I remember the day I knew that I wasn't going to be a prosecutor much longer. It was Thursday, and then I had to go into court the next day. But that Thursday night, I was hanging out in my neighborhood, and um, my buddy hands me a joint. Yeah. And, of course, I took a few tokes off of it. I looked down at it, and I was like, you know what? This is like what I'm prosecuting people for. Yeah. Right? Like, And mm-hmm. I've got cases tomorrow where I have to go do this. And I'm like... This is kind of fucked up. So yeah. yeah, yeah, didn't feel right. So I go into court the next morning. There's people with all these marijuana charges, of course, right? Mm-hmm. And then for every single one of them, I'm recommending like a $200 fine and a withhold of adjudication. That means they're not convicted of it. So it's like it's basically like a warning. Uh, yeah, it's an expensive mm-hmm. warning. It's a traffic ticket, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And the judge is like, I won't accept this plea. I won't accept this plea, Mr. Paisley. Can I see you in the back? <gasps> He's like, What's going on? I was just like, Judge, I just don't feel like this justifies jail time. I'm sorry. Yeah, right? yeah. And um, anyway, this judge wanted to be a prosecutor, apparently, and he he wouldn't accept my pleas, and, you know, mm. anyway, so it was sort of a slow descent after that. I knew I was just kind of looking for a job, and then I went back into criminal defense, and then, you know, a year or two later, we moved back to Atlanta, so. Yeah, yeah. How, here you are. Did you just say how long ago that was? Yes, okay, so I was a prosecutor from about 2007 to 2010, around that area, and then okay. 2000, later in 2010, we moved up to Atlanta. Okay, yeah. and then Back you started Paisley Atlanta, Law at that time. Yes, because, no, because I couldn't find a job. So, <laughs> yeah. on your own. I'll create my own job. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so like in that, you know, a little more than a decade now since you started Paisley Law, what do you think has changed the most in your field? Um, I feel like the lawyers, and maybe it's just because I surround myself with a lot of good lawyers, but mm. I feel like the lawyers and the, those practicing personal injury have gotten a lot better. Yeah. I feel like the way that the, um, what is built into us as a Georgia Trial Lawyers Association, the amount that we give to each other and we try to help each other is, um, I feel like it's made us as a group stronger and much better lawyers. I feel like we all know stuff so much more than I can remember, you know, seven, eight years ago when I was trying to, you know, learn all this stuff. Learn all Absolutely. You know. Um, We all know the fun Florida stereotypes, Mm -hmm. but as a graduate of Florida State University, do you find the law is treated differently in Florida? Okay. I'm going to stick with criminal law in Florida versus criminal jurisprudence in Georgia. Okay. Okay. And I would say that as of the time, I feel like from what I've heard from Florida lately, Florida's moving backwards now as opposed to Georgia moving, being a little more progressive now with criminal statutes. but. Generally speaking, when I moved up here in 2010 and I was still doing criminal law up here and I was basically taking any case I could get my teeth on, I felt like Georgia's, um, I felt like every judge in Georgia found excuses to make the Constitution not apply to Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment violations. You know, 
constitutional exceptions, things like that. Whereas Florida, I felt like was much, much better about it. Oh, really? So that's one of that's another reason sort of like I just got tired of the criminal practice up here. I was just like, man, it's it's so much harder to win. Yeah. Yeah. I did six DUI defense trials when I was in Florida. Mm -hmm. Not guilty. Every single one of them. I was like, I'm I'm a really good lawyer. (laughs) Yeah. I remember my first two trials up here. I got my ass kicked. And I was just like, <laughs> and I mean, just everything from voir dire, jury selection, all the way mm-hmm. to closing statements, all the stuff that, for whatever reason, the Supreme Court says we can't say. And I'm like, yeah. well, why the fuck not? You yeah. Know? So, I mean, yeah. Like, why here? Like, yeah. Yeah. So it just, it drove me nuts. It wasn't fun. And then, you know, like I said, and, and then the sort of metamorphosis into injury law how that just sort of happened. It was like, it was an easy transition to make. Yeah. yeah. So because you do injury law now, could you still do criminal law? Is there a difference in like what you can and can't do? Yeah. Okay. So I would say this, a guy called my office about a year and a half ago and he said, Hey man, I want you to represent me for this DUI. Mm-hmm. Um, but to answer your question, no, I can still practice. I think the bar rules can say I can practice whatever law that I am competent. At. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. okay. So, this guy calls my office and he says, I want you to represent me for my DUI. I'm like, I don't do that anymore. I know three guys that I'm going to refer you to. These three guys are great lawyers. I said, but if I'll tell you what, since you're a friend of a friend, if you do want me to help you out, this is how far I will take it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're getting 80% of the lawyer that you could be getting. Yeah. You know? But there's that final 20%. These guys, they're up to date on the, the latest case law. Again, the latest Fourth and Fifth Amendment issues that have to do with your case. You need to call them. And it's like, okay, okay. Like, so, and just let me ask him some questions about it. And, you know, I was like, well, that's fine. I could tell, like, he was starting to like me. I'm like, no, don't. Yeah, you don't want to like me. Don't, <laughs> don't like me. You know? um, He's like, 80% is good. Yeah. 80% is good enough, right? Yeah. Right, what's funny is um, he, and maybe it's because I didn't charge enough, I guess, but yeah. he was like, I just want you to represent me. So, and then. He, he called those lawyers. He's like, I didn't like him. I didn't have a good feeling. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You can't argue with someone's gut. Right. That's true. But I told him things. I was like, look, if you do hire me and we can't get anywhere, like, I mean, my neighbor is the elected solicitor general. So, like, if there was a conversation to be had in this case that I said, if I, something was like the flip of a coin that could go either way, he would listen to me. You yeah. Know? And so with that, I think he was like, okay, well, you know, you're hired. I'm so, saying, but you're that was 80% the last deal. Yeah. Just bumped to like 90, 95. Yeah. <laughs> that was the <laughs> last DUI case I did, and it was, you know, I got I got him what he needed. It was reduced to something that yeah, didn't reasonable. affect his license. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't be an experienced lawyer without picking up a few interesting cases along the way. And here at Opening Statements, we want to break those cases wide open. That's right. So let's get into it. What is the most interesting case or cases that you have ever worked on? And I, I want to say real quick, uh, we do a little precursor, you know, like we have our, our guest fill out uh, a thing and they'll type up a little summary of it and some questions to ask on it. Don't give away all the secrets. For this one, <laughs> I saw the story and did nothing <laughs> because I knew we wouldn't need any sort of fluff, anything else. So with that preamble. And we don't know. So yeah, you have no idea what this is. This really should be video recorded. Yeah, I know. yeah. Well, <laughs> my eyes with, are gonna shoot out of my head probably. I don't think so. I mean, with that, with those expectations to it, um, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. So, I was referred a case 
Um, and I'll tell you where the referral came from later on. But I get a call down to South Georgia saying these, this guy wants to talk to me. He's a burn victim. Okay. Oh, okay. Obviously, when you think of burn victims, you think of just horrific injuries and you don't yeah. know how bad it is. So I go down to South Georgia um, and I meet with this guy and he's, I can see some scarring on his face. And then, you know, I opens up his shirt. It's basically his entire torso, his, uh, basically half of his torso has these massive skin grafts. It looks like fish skin. I don't know if you've ever seen yeah. uh-huh. um, skin grafts, but uh, it's, it's pretty devastating injury. So I think um, over roughly, I think they said later on over 20% of his body was um, was skin grafts or third degree burns. So wow. pretty devastating. So we get into the facts of the case and I could tell my guy's kind of a good old boy, yeah. you know, but who's there in the meeting because my guy doesn't have a driver's license who drives him to the meeting is the guy that owned the house where he was burned. Okay. And so, and it's this guy that owned the house where he was burned. That's the guy that referred me the case. Okay. So he's like, a guy was burned at my home. I think you should defend him against defend. I mean, I think you should, you should sue me. You should Should sue me. Right. right? Okay. So many words. Yes. All right. But of course, I was like, this is interesting. Well, these guys were best friends. And so this is what had happened. They were drinking one night Uh on a cold night in South Georgia. Oh, how it all (laughs) starts. All good stories start. We were drinking. (laughs) What do you do on a cold night in Georgia? You light a fire. You stargaze or light a fire. Oh, okay. They did not light a fire. Sorry, you stargaze. You jumped. (laughs) The fire came later. Yeah, the fire came later. Okay, so you Um, stargaze. Yeah, like. stargaze. So we do that. Like you sit in the driveway, drink. You know, the chill. Place. And then all the... But I think this was the culmination of an entire day of drinking, maybe 12 hours or so. Okay. So my awesome client, he lies down on the driveway to look at the stars and he falls asleep. Oh. And then his buddy, who's, of course, he's telling me part of the story because his buddy, he doesn't, guys asleep doesn't remember. He picks up his friend, trying to be a good guy, throws him over his shoulder, takes him into the garage. Mm-hmm. The garage door is open. It's... 38 degrees outside, cold night in South Georgia. So puts him, uh, puts him on a lounge chair. And then... Um, with in the garage. Chair, yeah, not in the home. Right, in the garage. Okay. Oh. Yeah, not in the home. They're outside because... They're not real best I friends. I would bring you... I would well, throw you over you my shoulder, Rebecca, and I would... You, okay, yes. well, if your husband had maybe a, a friend who liked to drink a lot, Maybe too much. Maybe uh, you wouldn't want that guy in your house. Yeah, too much. maybe I he see. was like, I got yourself. I think there, there was. They a had wife. the lounger in the garage for a reason. <laughs> it was. It has name. There on was it. a wife that said, "Look, keep that shit out there." Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, so I, that I makes it. more sense. I believe that had something to do with it. So, um, put some <laughs> we lounger understand. in the garage. <laughs> she better be named in this case too. Then. <laughs> I know. But if, <laughs> stop it! Stop it! <laughs> Missed opportunity. <laughs> so. Uh, same policy, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, so <laughs> there is puts him in the lounger. Of course, he's a good friend, so he wants to keep his friend warm. Okay, right. So all good stuff right now. Yes. Yeah. The best of intentions, right? Absolutely. So he gets a commercial grade propane heater. Okay. And I mean a really big one, really okay. big one, forty five thousand BTUs, whatever. And then he places it, I guess, in his, I guess, drunken state, roughly as we determined later from our experts within 18 inches of my client while my client was passed out. Okay. And then he left to go on what we think, left him there while he went on what we think it was a booty call. <gasps> yeah, <gasps> to collect rent. From oh, so that's why we're not naming the wife. 
Oh. Uh, she gets a pass. <laughs> oh, no. I, I we like the wife. <laughs> uh, there's no names mentioned in this story. No, no. way. No, 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 no. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So wow. Anyway, my client wakes up in a ball of fire. <gasps> I think he remembers maybe a second and a half. And so rips all his clothes off and just he's burned severely. Then he passes out. Um, the homeowner comes back and finds my client, of course, naked in the garage. And he's like, what the hell happened in here? And he sees you know, black soot up around the garage. He's like, well, what the hell is happening? And then so they they knew it would be at least 30 minutes before an ambulance got there. And so there was and I don't remember who took him to the hospital. But they basically threw my client almost naked into the back of a pickup truck, ran him to the medical facility where he was life flighted wow. to a burn center wow. in Augusta. Yeah. Oh, so, my goodness. Anyway, so bad injuries. You mentioned policy, so I assume you weren't suing the best friend. You were suing, like, homeowner's we're insurance. suing his insurance policy, and that's one yeah. of the things, like, we talked so, like, about. And so they were still really good friends when, they, when the introduction was made. And so here's the guy. It's like, well, getting homeowner's information sometimes can be very, very complicated because people are like, they're afraid of getting sued. But this yeah. guy's like, here's all my homeowner's insurance information. Here's my policy limits of $1 million. Like... Look, just please don't come after me. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's, I mean, technically speaking, you know, it's up to the client what we do. And I mean, I granted, if the insurance company doesn't pay this, which I think they will, mm -hmm. based on the, the evidence we have, um, we would go after the insurance company for the excess and not you. Yeah. He's like, well, that sounds good. Awesome. Okay. So we went after um, the homeowner's policy and they, on demand, they paid that million bucks. Are you wow. On demand, yeah. on demand pre-litigation. We did not file that. So you say, most interesting case, like we didn't even file a lawsuit in that case. So that's, yeah. And I wonder like what people would have done in like that, like had he done before, like had he just like filed a, a claim to get like, I don't know, his ceiling repaired and maybe the medical bills paid kind of thing. Like right. that could have been like his opposite that he was looking at, you know, just, mm -hmm. you know, not, they just would have paid whatever maybe bills you had submitted, not a million dollars right that's crazy yeah i think that's what insurance companies will do with somebody who's not represented they offer yeah. it's like look we're gonna pay for all your medical bills and make it sound really good mm -hmm. and look we're gonna give you like twenty thousand dollars that'd be great and people, yeah. for to a guy that i was mm -hmm. representing twenty thousand dollars was yeah. a lot of money lot and i think of, they yeah. had brought that up to him you know it might have been 30 i don't know but, yeah but they um they of course, he hired me, and then we got a million bucks. And of course, I mean, of course, there's attorney's fees. And we, we there's an interesting part about that. There was a very, there was several hundred thousand dollars of medical bills that were paid out by his health insurance company. Oh. And then so, but there's, and they're entitled to reimbursement under certain situations. If they're, oh, if they're, that's interesting. I think so. But taking a deep dive into that law, which we won't necessarily do, but that was. This is again, this is why lawyers make their money, you know. I mean, like, this is why we earn our fee. Like, yeah, we learned that that insurance, that health insurance company was not entitled to one penny of it of their recovery, even though they were saying all these federal laws. And I was like, actually, there's an exception in the statute, and you're not entitled to any of it. But I think we settled for something like a thousand bucks that we paid them. So okay. we saved that client again. We got him that million, but if you get a million dollar case and you have to pay back a million bucks, your case, yeah, isn't is. worth very much. So, yeah, anyway. So it's more than just like writing a letter and getting that. You still have to make sure the client gets as much as possible and you expose those legal avenues. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Do you know if they're still friends today? Okay. So like that's the best part. There's two best parts about the case. Okay. They're still best friends today. Oh. Okay. And so when I handled, um, and I think last I checked on my client, I think he had bought 
five or six rental properties. Good in for South. him. This was a guy that lost his contracting business after he couldn't go out in the heat and work because yeah. of the way your skin perspires oh. and deals with, I guess, yeah. your heat distribution and cooling mm. of your skin because he couldn't sweat. All, all that was, I guess, seriously damaged in the burn. Yeah. So he's like, well, I guess I'm going to be a real estate investor. And this was not a guy you would think would be a real estate guy. You know, yeah. So. The last I checked, he's doing pretty well. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. Okay. That is a crazy story, though. Do you know if his friend is still married to the oh. wife? <laughs> they had a very constructive relationship that was understanding and oh. maybe more enlightened than most of us could understand. So I think oh. I think they're still married. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> okay. All right. Um. All right. Well. Understood. <laughs> okay. I mean, that was a lot. Um, <laughs> are there... You did answer all the little follow-up questions. You we did, had. yeah. Um, is there a second runner-up to I mean, an all interesting all case? Runner-up cases are all the feel-good cases you have about, like you know. I mean, what was your feel as goodest case though? Okay, Ooh, yeah. Like, it, it, like lifetime Ooh. movie. You're the superhero lawyer that comes in and saves the day, right? Right. Um, again, something that I think of two things. I th- number one, I think of one of my very good friends from high school. Her brother was on a bicycle um, and was hit by a motorist. Just He was riding his bike, doing some training at 6 a.m. He was hit and he was killed. <gasps> um, and I mean, it was devastating to the family. And, you know, how do you, I mean, so anyway, I didn't reach out, of course, to the family to like you know, help him for that reason. But it's, you know, you, you just say what you can. And yeah. you, you do whatever you can. Of course, they wind up calling me saying, look, is there any... And so not only did we do the wrongful death action against the driver that hit him, and, and again, you've got you've got an insurance company that you're mainly up against, and do they do the right thing? And then um, there's there are all sorts of legal things we found with ex- exposing insurance coverages to where we could find different insurances that were responsible. He was on his way to work, but was he really ever off work? So we brought in mm. his you know, his business, and then as far as getting uninsured motorist coverage to imply, even though he was a bicyclist, he didn't even have a car, but his parents, but he lived with his resident relatives. And so you're turning over all these stones for recoveries to yeah. for this family, the wrongful death thing. Of course, my job is, we hate to say it's about the money, but it's about the money, absolutely, because that's all it can be about. I was going to say, in, yeah. in a wrongful death, I feel like that's... Right, so that's what it is. So, yeah. um, But that was, you know, reconnecting with an old high school friend and knowing... Um, I was just, it was funny. Like, this is what getting the no families is like. And then uh, I go in the living room to close out the case. Yeah. And then the, and, um, the mom says to me, she says, you know, I kiss him goodnight every night. And I'm like, that's sweet. You know, you think of your son and you kiss him. She's like, no, I, I, I you know, his ashes. I, I kiss the yarn oh. on his ashes right there. And I'm like, Oh. Oh, where are they? She's like, oh, he's right next to your shoulder. And I was just right next <laughs> to you. <laughs> I was like, he's been here the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> there you are. So, yeah, there he is. I was like, yeah, there he is. Oh. Yeah, so, uh, wonderful case. But, again, reconnecting with old friends under, you know, again, tragic circumstances. But yeah. it was good. Um, I think about another case. Um, one of my, case, my cases early on, um, he, another passenger in his best friend's car, driving like a bat out of hell, loses control at 90 miles an hour, hits the passenger side where a pine tree hits him. And I think we determined from the 
the the black box of the car that um, he hit the tree at 72 miles an hour. Oh. So um, that was a he almost bled out twice, I think, on the way to the hospital. And they barely saved this kid's life. And um, we I mean, we resolved that case for one point three million dollars. The guy has no long term limitations right now. Really? He's he's doing very well. And in fact, he used his money, his settlement to go to law school. Oh, wow. So he's, he's, he's actually an attorney. That gives so. me like goosebumps. I know, yeah. I like, did. To I think got the about, chills. Right? Yeah. Like so the he was so interested. Yeah. And of course, one of the... Okay, you change not, in the world. Not to plug myself, but I mean, like, you know, one of the things I take a lot of pride in is like educating people mm-hmm. with, you know, what we're doing and mm-hmm. why we do every step. And that's another yeah. reason I wrote the book is it's like so people can follow along and know exactly what's happening. So yeah. and, and he saw this and was like, okay, this is awesome. Yeah. So anyway, that's very cool. I'm actually, Esquire now brings Segs- us. Yeah, <laughs> segues perfectly into our next section. Um, so here at opening statements, you know, obviously we love the stories; they're interesting. But we we really value the the lessons that we can learn from some of these, and we want to foster a good, you know, learning environment to all of our loyal fans out there Ex- as well. Exactly. We want to teach people. The things that you can't just pick up from a book, other than yours, okay, other than his, <laughs> other book. than your book, but through things you actually learn by doing the job every day. Um, what do you think is the most valuable thing that you learned from the case with the best friends? That, well, a legal dispute doesn't have to break up a friendship. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And that's it. It always helps, of course, when there's somebody else paying the bill or picking up the tab, right? Yeah, um, and that's yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. If, if it's a dog bite case, mm-hmm. you're thinking homeowner's insurance. If it's like this burn case, it's homeowner's insurance. It's usually friends that know each other very well in the same neighborhood. And so there's a lot of bitterness that people make assumptions to. Yeah. So explaining to people that it's like, we're not after you. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to be right. okay here. I feel yeah. like that's a misconception because yeah. I, up until very recently, embarrassingly, I always thought that you were the person being sued. Like, I didn't understand that that was what your insurance was for. Um, They're there to kind of, like, give you that protection in a way. In what cases do people go after people personally? Is that ever a case where that happens? Okay, so I um, I had a person working for me, I Mm -hmm. should say. And this is very rare that you go after somebody for an intentional tort. Okay. Okay. So, So intentional acts are not covered by insurance companies. Okay, like if you, if murder. You, right. You, you, no insurance company is going to say, okay, I'm going to go buy insurance. Yeah. That's going to protect me for something. If I go kill somebody, it's going to go, it's, it's going to pay for that. So then I buy that insurance and I go kill them. Yeah. Nobody's going to insure that. Sure. Make mm-hmm. that policy. So if you, anyway, I represented um, somebody, I said somebody that worked for me at one point, and she was a victim of, you know, physical abuse from her partner. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, really bad. I mean, I mean, they, there was one night where she was calling the police. She was running from him. She thought she was going to die. Wow. Yeah. So um, that case, I mean, everything resolved and it's it's confidential. But that was a case that was just like this. Just didn't sit right. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no real. I think he kind of came from money. You know, and there was this sort of this idea that his parents maybe were still involved. And then, you know, I know his criminal case. He didn't get any jail time on it. Even though there was just, I mean, bruising on her face. I yeah. mean, she looked like that old fo- photo of Rihanna that I saw years ago. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. It was really sad. Mm-hmm. But um, I was like, this just doesn't make sense, you know? And so I was like, and 
I talked to her about it. I was like, look, this isn't the case I normally handle, but if you do take action, we might not get anything. But I do want you to know, of course, if we litigate this case, it's, your whole life is subject to a thorough and sif sifting deposition. Mm -hmm. So they will get into you know, your relationship, what kind of fun y'all had? Was it rough? And they're they're gonna they're gonna try to make this look like you willing. You this is what you, you wanted. Encouraged you this, encouraged this, this behavior. Yeah, that, that, that's always the defense. It was mm -hmm. their fault or self defense. Right. I and mean, those there's only so many defenses you can use. Yeah. Right? So she knew all this going into it, but we sued that guy personally. There was no insurance policy that's gonna pick that up. Yeah. Um, again, we resolved it for the money that we thought was reasonable, that was attainable. Mm -hmm. And then just because we felt like with criminal case, yes, he's going to have that conviction on his record. Mm -hmm. There's no you know, withholding of that conviction. And so that's good. But it's like you didn't get any jail time. We wanted to make sure this never happened. Felt again. like no yeah. justice, yeah. really. And we really felt like his family never really, they always sort of enabled. Yeah, kind of enabled it. And we're yeah. like, we got to do something a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, we did. So attainable yeah. is a word you used there because obviously you can't be like, oh, I'm going to sue you for $5 million. Like if I don't have $5 million, where's right. that going to come from? So do you always set kind of a limit that you do think is reasonable? Attainable. attainable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How I mean, do you know? Okay. Well, there was also, there was a, one other case I did with it was against somebody personally. And it was, it was a gentleman. Actually, we had a wonderful conversation when I called the guy who's defendant that seriously injured one of my clients. Mm-hmm. But he was minimally insured. And I looked up, I Google, every, I do a little internet research on every single defendant that I go up against. Good for you. Yeah. Well, you got to. Google stop yeah. right? them. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Um, show up at their house and <laughs> you know. act like Google a stock, no, not Google, not window stalking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, so um, I found out this guy was a partner, senior partner at a very large silk stocking corporate law firm. Mm. I said, this can't be the same guy. I looked up various cross-reference it with various other things. And I was like, this is the same guy. And I called him up. I said, look, man, uh, this is the insurance policy we've got for you. This has to be wrong. Surely there's an umbrella policy. You've got much more coverage here. He's like, nope. For whatever reason, it was changed like a couple months before. And this is all the insurance I've got. I'm like, well, my client's got three surgeries on her leg. And this is a bad case. Yeah. And he's like, I've got money put away for this, so, you know, let's, you know, we're, let's get the lawyers involved, and let's come up to a fair resolution on that. Okay. That's basically what he said. I mean, it's about the most realistic and understanding and state of accountability that you could that somebody could possibly be in. Yeah. So, wow. So, I mean, he might have gotten a bit of a discount, like <laughs> just because, you know, it wasn't the insurance company. Yeah. You know, um, and not much of one, but a little bit. A little bit. Like, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's even like, because you mentioned like the dog bite, and I always feel like that's what you hear. I mean, I've got dogs, you've got dogs. Yeah. But you, you hear about that, like of people like where their dogs either bite someone or someone else's dog, and then they just dip out, you know, because they don't want to be involved. Yeah. They don't want to be around for it. And I think it's that they think they're personally on the hook for it because you know so that's just interesting because I don't I think I would have thought I was getting sued if my dogs yeah. did that's, anything wrong so that's really, I probably react so, personally about it too that's what you never see in the dog bite blogs is that something that sort of should be in there what to do after a dog bite yeah see a doctor but first find out who that person is that has a dog you know, yeah. they're, they're going to get the hell out of there yeah, yeah. You gotta, if you don't if they disappear 
they're gone. Yeah, That's I was it. just talking to a, a client and a friend of ours, um, and he was over at Avalon, and his dog got bit, and and it severely bit his dog, and he said the lady grabbed the dog and just walked away. It's a bit and, and like acted like nothing happened. Like he had a whole herd of people like there with him, and he's got his tiny little dog with its like ear hanging off. Yeah, it was it was bad, you wow. know. And I'm like. Like, I don't know what I would do if my dog's bit. There are him, plenty of ways to see um, humanity in its greatest light, I think. And yeah. then, unfortunately, when there is wrongdoing, um, too many times I've seen, you know, what we do as humans, our instinctive reaction is to run. Mm -hmm. And yes. unfortunately, that is just true. I think that's our gut reaction. Some people, yeah. it comes a little more naturally, too. And they don't second guess and turn around and go back and feel like maybe I should do something right here. Yeah. So. It's, it's just an interesting thing to learn. Yeah, time again. yeah. I wonder, would they act differently if they knew, you know, that they're not going to come after you, but, right. you know. Okay, I, mean, no, I don't know. No, I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got a client right now, and I'm sorry, I've got a client right now that we are trying to serve papers on the defendant. This defendant was drunk as hell, hit my client, but we, and we have to file a lawsuit against him. And he, he lives in Illinois somewhere, and we tried to serve him there, and he's, he, I guess he's all around. I've called him up. I've had many phone conversations with him, and I'm like, just look, I'm not coming. I, I give him the whole spiel. I'm not coming after you, going after the insurance company. None of this involves you. Can you just tell me, like, your address? I can get you these papers or whatever. He's it, will not tell me. Will not. Will wow. Absolutely will not give me the info. And I'm just like, you do know my client was seriously injured, and this is just a chance for you to just – this is all you right have thing. to do. Let's yeah. do the right thing. Yeah. So I can put the insurance company on the hook and leave you out of this. Yeah. Now. So I, I have to personally serve you. He won't do it. Wow. So I have asshole. two yeah. questions. <laughs> one, I've got two questions. I'm going to have to write them down because I'm going to forget the second one. Like I've forgotten both of them now. Um, when you get in a car accident or you get a speeding ticket, your insurance increases. Same thing? Like if. You I mean, go after an insurance company? Okay, if you get in a car accident that is not your fault, then statutorily speaking, in Georgia, your insurance rates cannot go up. Okay. Yeah. So if you've, if you've yet to make a claim one. against... <laughs> Same. If you make a claim against your own insurance, uninsured motorist coverage, then they're not supposed to raise your rates. Now, there is a three-strikes-you're-out rule. Okay. If you do it three times in a three-year period, then they can raise your rates or drop you. If you've yeah. been in... If you have been in not at have fault, you been, have you been in a lot of accidents? Like yeah, yeah. In eight, I think she was, really, it has. really has. It was an eighteen month or twelve month span between my husband and I. We had been rear. So how did it happen first? I got rear-ended in the Cadillac, which was not my fault. Obviously, they rear-ended me. They uh -huh. said stop. Then he, he got rear-ended rear by a, a tractor trailer and totaled our truck. Then you T-bone someone. No, we didn't T-bone. We hit on, hit him. Okay, so that was two. Then when we had the rental car for the truck, someone rear-ended us oh, at, right. yes. at the light and, and drove off. My husband chased him down. Didn't do anything with that. Then we did get in a head-on collision. That was our fault. And then he just got rear-ended the other day. So, so the insurance like company, in, the, in that circumstance, all the same they can company. raise your rates. They can cancel your coverage in that circumstance. I, but I wouldn't blame they them if they, cancel if they canceled it. me. To be honest, I wouldn't blame them if they, they can. It's, that doesn't mean they will. It's a bizarre. Even it's not her fault in right. well, that's all but one. Says, for non-at-fault accidents, even though they're not your fault, maybe you're accident-prone or whatever. <laughs> they, we clearly must them, be. They give them the three strikes, you're out. Definitely okay. Joe is, because out of the... Uh, what was that? It's a long comment. Five. Statute, that was five. So. That was five. I mean, all of them involved Joe, but one. Yeah. I got. But you're I was still insured. You're good. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, they so didn't far. cancel her. We haven't yet. figured out. If the, you're listening, the last don't cancel her. 
That ruining just happened, so we have policy to... number XJ three. <laughs> I know. So, follow up question. My number two. I do remember it. Is if you we learned this in our last episode was if you are looking to get divorced, it doesn't matter whether or not they can find you. You're still going to get divorced, even if you don't get like served. So, what do you do if you can't find him to? Sue him. You have to make diligent efforts to find them. How many? For Who how defines well, diligent? There's, there's statutory. I'm sorry. There's case law on what that is, and you know, well, we've spent over a thousand bucks trying to find the guy and serve him at his last wow. known residence, which is fine. And then the next thing you do is um, service upon the Secretary of State in Georgia, and make him subject to Georgia long arm statute. But then there's requirements if you can't. There's issues there, but anyway, if that doesn't work, the next thing is, of course, you make a motion to serve by publication to the court, and that's that's actually where we're at right now okay. in this case. Yeah, wow. this could be an unpopular question, but is that like a situation where, obviously, you probably would never, but an attorney would be like, you know what, this is too much work, I'm not dealing with it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. like they'd mm-hmm. be like, and they could. If it doesn't make sense. Now, yeah. we got, we've got we got a pretrial offer. I'm sorry, a pre-litigation offer from this insurance company for the case mm. that I'm thinking about. And it was not, I felt like it was not justified. There, were, there was evidence that came, the officers didn't do their job. They did not investigate the potential um, issue of impairment on this, this guy. He, we think he was intoxicated. We looked at the body cam footage, and there's plenty of things said about alcohol, odor of alcohol, slurred speech, bloodshot eyes, all that stuff. But they just... The state of police right now is, I guess, the money is not invested in, you know, DUI units. So mm-hmm. anyway, the DUI was not investigated. I don't think the officers were trained for it. Wow. So, yeah. um, so anyway, we thought circumstantially we could prove that in a civil case and make the case worth more just based on that, but also based on our client's injuries. He's pretty, I mean, pretty banged up. So That's awful. But wow. anyway, you're right. You make every case is a cost-benefit analysis. Yeah. If, if I don't think I can help a client, then... You can't pursue their case. Yeah. It's like, what's it, at the end of the day, what's the benefit? Not for me. What's the benefit for you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Interesting. All right. We got one last segment mm. for you today. Mm-hmm. It's a segment mm. that puts you, the guest, in the hot seat. It's our closing arguments. Yes. So this week's closing arguments, we are playing a game of plead the fifth. We're going to ask you three hard-hitting questions, and you can only pass or plead the fifth on one of them. Are you ready for this? You may want to finish that wine for this one. Yeah, you may. <laughs> <laughs> I have some extras. <laughs> you wrote down so many good ones. Okay. I like this. Um, good questions. I'm going to go first. Okay, go first. Yeah. All right. Would you ever represent yourself? Like no. in a wrongful death? You said no? No, absolutely not. Because? I'll take an example. Okay, so we were, and I, I'm. I can be very transparent. So I had a situation where um, I was, let's see, I was, I had a business partner before who's an amazing person, Jason Ferguson. Um, He has Ferguson Law, Alabama, Arizona, Georgia, great lawyer. Um, We're still best friends to this day. We broke up our partnership. And then so we had, we had cases that we were taking and then splitting different ways. And so we had one client kind of like, you, Laura, where <laughs> My husband, he was in four, four different accidents. Okay, mm-hmm. so all different vehicles. It's crazy. A couple of the cases were coming, were going with him. A couple of cases were going with anyway. So settlement checks were written from 
the new, I think maybe from the old account versus the new account, whatever, there was a check that didn't square up or whatever. When that happens with trust account issues, the bar gets involved because they want to make sure you're not stealing from your clients. Mm, sure. So it was it was a clerical error that, that just didn't get filtered through the right way because of the case and it, how it comes through in the case management system. So even in that situation where it was a very, very simple explanation to the bar, I was like, I can't fuck around with this. Yeah. So I hired the guy that you call when the bar is knocking at your door because the really? bar wants to the see The attorney's attorney. Yeah, so yeah. Think about what, <laughs> what the bar does, and people are like, oh, lawyers are unethical. I'm like, no, like we, oh my gosh, the, the lengths that are undertaken to make sure we don't steal from people and do the wrong thing for our clients. So they had to come and look at, I think, the last nine, 90 days of um, bank statements, every check we wrote. We had an explanation which each one was for, explanation with this. So anyway, I hired this lawyer that basically wrote my explanation for me. Yeah. So that's good. Where I could have done it myself, and I gave him my explanation. He's just like, oh, yeah, you said way too much. Oh. I was like, <laughs> good job. So, and, and, thank you. and the bar saw, and they're like, no big deal. Just don't do it again. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I'll come. All right. Can Sec I ask a quick Ooh, question? Sure. Because this was about like making sure that money gets to the client in the right way. What are your feelings on the Murdoch murder case? Do you have feelings, thoughts? Do you know about it? I'm sorry. Well, the Murdoch murder case. Refresh. Are you kidding me? With Alex Murdoch, the attorney over in South Carolina, yes. his son, everybody's done been killed in the family. His son, there was the girl from here in Georgia for, um, who was on a boat in, in Beaufort, South Carolina with them. They crashed the boat and she died. So there was the wrongful death suit on the son for that. But then the son allegedly also killed that other kid. They've allegedly killed the nanny yes. by pushing her down the stairs. Yes. Now the other son has and then uh, allegedly shot the No, the, he did. He allegedly shot his wife and his other son. That's right. They and, framed it like the son maybe But he's him. also accused of stealing millions of dollars. Is this a movie or is this No, real it's case? real because it's, it's, it's real it's in, life. It's okay. over and like it's in, currently in, happening listen, right now. Y'all, I think Sorry, this, is where, this is where we get into... Are we spiraling? You know, the that, wine has no, no, kicked no, 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 in. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we get into that lawyer that I talked about in the beginning of the podcast that he yeah. said we are immersing ourselves in people's trauma. So like... Yes. I'm already immersed in enough of that trauma. And it's like what you guys were talking about, those court TV things. Uh -huh. All my friends go on those shows and they get on court TV and talk. And um, Dave Schnipper, where are you? Great lawyer, <laughs> buddy. Uh, they talk about all these cases. And I think I've seen that name. Do I know? I, I specifically will not read about those cases. Yeah. It's like, again, I told you earlier, I think, I told Evan earlier that I don't watch news. I'm like, I don't, I can't yeah. handle it. You know? Yeah. I got to, I got a channel, mm. you know. Fair. Yeah. Interesting. The, the so I know nothing about that case. That's that funny. It's just in my, like, hometown. It does not like count as a question, by the way. Not. That is yes. not a hard-hitting question. Oh, it's well, not. Okay. All right. So I'm going to – my – the second question is have – probably, like, public defender days, I'm thinking more so. Mm -hmm. But, like, have you ever defended someone – and were successful when you were like, dang, they guilty. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. One hundred percent. Okay. Yes. I mean, you there's, still have to defend them. Like, you right? do. Yeah. And there's no like job. ethical. I thought like maybe they just don't tell you that they're guilty and they just lie have to you and you don't know. You? Is that how you know? Just, oh. I used to. I used to hate this question. Now I fucking love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I sorry. <laughs> everyone. 
I'm like, we're not saying what they did or accused of doing was right. You know, we are mm. we are upholding the Constitution in the name of we make we have to make sure the state is doing everything right. Because if they don't do it right with that guy, what if they do it against sure. you? Okay. And then when you're innocent, and they have a standard that they have to go by. So that's that's what makes you sleep at night as a criminal defense attorney. That, mm-hmm. that in the long run, you are. So, like, if they, in that case, like, if they were guilty in real world, but you were able to get them a not guilty charge, it would be more on the grounds of the prosecutor. They didn't do a good enough job presenting their case. The so. state didn't fulfill the sta- their yeah. burden. I used to tell clients in the criminal defense days, I don't I can sleep at night with that. Like, yeah, I, said, I feel like. I said, Depends on what I said, it was, listen. I guess. I said, no judgment here, guys. I said, I don't care what you did. I only care what they can prove. Okay? Mm. So let's just, let's keep a clean slate here let's go from there so interesting that, same thing in injury cases i have the burden of proving that client's injuries causation liability things like that it's like i have to prove these things it's like it's not what you're actually going through it's what i can prove so um yeah. so yeah i here's the caveat to that okay what keeps you up at night is not who you defend it's who you defend that's innocent mm. right think about that mm. That's yeah. what mm-hmm. you lose sleep over. Yeah. That's what gives you nightmares. Yeah. That person that you defend, that you know they're innocent, the state's still coming after them. You plead for their innocence. You plead for the state to do the right thing, and they don't. And what if that goes bad and your client goes to jail for a long time? Yeah. Like, then you blame yourself. It's Absolutely, your fault. yeah. That guilt's on you. Yeah. That's the that's the toughest thing about being a criminal defense lawyer. That's going to be the next question. Yeah, someone. it is. Okay. Uh-huh. All, right. All right. Last one. Two for two. What is the worst insurance company to deal with? I should plead the fifth, but <laughs> I, I can name several, but I mean. Oh, okay. Let's see if any of them are ours involved. In You've got a really good one, apparently. Let me avoid a defamation suit and state just based on my experience professionally, um, this would be my opinion. Um, well, there it is. And maybe I'll restate it as the insurance companies that I have the hardest time with, okay, that I don't believe the value claims properly. All state probably takes the cake. Oh, yeah. all snakes? Is that what yeah, we I think, heard? Yes, we them heard. All snakes, yeah. All yeah. Snakes. Yeah. Is that, that's a thing. Y'all call them all snakes. All snake, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So all state, it tends to be one of the worst. Um, you're not in good hands? Is that is that State Farm? You're not. I have not seen Ooh, many. I don't remember what. I think it all state is you're in good hands. All state, you're in yeah. good hands. I mean, I if there's a boys and girls club that we're doing. Right. <laughs> that's boys so and girls if there's club. like, I mean, if there's a $25,000 policy on an Allstate and then someone's dead, yeah, they'll give you the 25000 Sure. Yeah. But if, if it's, I don't know, you talk about somebody who goes through a chronic injury and is going to the doctor repeatedly over and over and over again, Allstate's, I think they're up to their ears in litigation. Mm-hmm. And every Allstate case I have that I litigate, there's at least four um different substitution of counsels, different lawyers, different law firms that take over based on what I don't know. But it is getting anything resolved, and then they offer you nothing until the eve of trial. This has been my experience, and so it's my opinion. Nothing factually I'm stating. There you uh-huh. go. It's your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, the last so. rear ending was in Allstate, and I chose not to go through my insurance. I chose to go through Allstate, so maybe I should, you should, I should change that back. <laughs> yes, you should. Apparently, awesome. his opinion I might mean, be clearly. I've never been contacted either. I'm still yes. Yeah. Tips for you later. Maybe I can little rocket. Yes. Yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on our episode of the Opening Statements podcast. Of course. So everyone listening, check us out at Hyperchat Social. We're on all the social medias. Um, And we'll catch you next time. Case Case closed. closed.